The following program is a Podcast One.com production. And here it is. Yeah, baby. Waggity baggity boo. Best podcast in the world, bitch. Right, Drew? Yeah. Best podcast in the world. I'm sorry. You're it's sorry? Not, it's not subjective. I just, I'm doing science right now. And in fact, speaking of science, because our guest here, uh, one of the foremost authorities on anti-aging and natural hormone, uh, and I, I should say, non-prescription necessary hormone uh, manipulation and optimization, Mr. Doctor, excuse me, Dr. Del, uh, Nick Delgado joins Ooh. us this evening here. Thank you, thank on you. The, uh, on the Mike and Dr. Drew podcast. I'm about to lick a, a stick, a saliva stick, <laughs> for some, what, what is it, for nitrous oxide? Not nitrous, nitric oxide. Mm. Yeah, nitrous is like laughing gas, you know, you'd be. And poppers, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're, if we measured you 20 years ago now, you would have been off the chain. A- yeah. Amyl nitrates, and, you know, that's a whole other category. But yeah, That's what I used to use now, in Now put the two sides together. Okay. Let's see what color it comes up. You, you want dark red or pink like a pussy. I mean, excuse me, like, uh, <laughs> you know, a nice color, right? Yeah. If it's white, then, you know, white's okay and, you know, some ethnicity. There it is. It's pinking. A little pink. Uh, Oh, Light pink. Not, no, no, no. This side. Nice. Oh, Ooh, he rivals yours. He's Dr. Good. Drew. Yeah, he's up it. there. Now, what, what is that show about me as a person? It, it, well, for one thing, it means that right now you have a fairly high level circulation of nitric oxide going mm-hmm. through your body and your tissues. And nitric oxide vasodilates, improves circulation, can improve sex, so long as there's a PD-5 inhibitor to help you know hold the nitric oxide now, is in it, the penis. Is that why things like, like Viagra increase? It's purportedly decreased nitric oxide. No, no, that's not true. Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra actually decrease nitric oxide levels. You have to continue to supply it because all it's doing is it's what's called a PD-5 inhibitor. It's it's actually uh, holding the nitric oxide you know, in the penis at the time of vasodilation excitement. But it's a, a fallacy that Viagra increases nitric oxide. It has no nitric oxide in it. Hmm. It's I, actually an inhibitor, right, Dr. Drew? It just inhibits breakdown. The breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when it comes to sexual function and hormones, um, certainly among for a guy like me who is a very passionate, um, uh, but I, I I'm a very passionate guy when it comes to health and fitness. But I I have elementary understanding of the human body. I'm not a doctor. I have no scientific you're, background. You're pretty. I mean, for somebody that's not formally trained, you're you're well in. I, I'm very passionate about it. That's yeah. a, and I think that makes a big difference. I'm not a guy who's going to go out and just pick up a the, the thing, muscle and fitness magazine. I, you, I dive deep into like medical studies. Well, and the reason you're good with it is you know enough to know what you don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're very circumspect about everything, and you use, try, to, try to be sensible with the information you get. And I find that as, besides diet protocol, human sex hormones is probably the biggest level of – like there's the biggest level of debate. And there's, two, there's like four or five schools where people – they are so ardent about their way and their take. And it's like if you want to have high levels of – uh, testosterone, high level. If you want to manipulate your leptin, you you got to do A, B, and C. Then there's someone else, and you'll go and you, and they seem credible who will say something wildly different. I mean, would you find that to be true uh, in your well, work? Well, sure, um, but you really want people to achieve a physiologic ideal level. What's ideal for an individual? If we had checked Dr. Drew's level when he was say first 15, then 18, then 22. He might have had more of a, a bookworm type uh, testosterone level. You might have had an alpha male type and a leader well, type was, and aggressive. I was artificially manipulating my testosterone. I'd be off the charts, but I was I was shooting 
sipping eight in my butt twice a week. Right, you know? right. Before that, though. Okay. I'm just saying, like <laughs> yeah. like my son. Before he went nuts. Yeah. So so my son is like 5'10". He's got a, a, a 1,500 testosterone. Wow. He weighs Whoa. 240 pounds. He likes to fight. He's, you know, MMA. He'll just crush you. How you old know? is he? Right now he's 22. I took him to London, true story, when he was only 15 years old, and he weighed in at about 220 then. Whoa. And we, we took him with 45-pound dumbbells, and he, along with me and Big Tim Nash, we won the, the team, um, we, we, call it, we were Team USA against the world champions in Hammer Curl Press with 45-pound dumbbells, and he was hoisting them up overhead at only age 15. Now, Ugh. before we get, before we get to... Yeah. But I'm saying is yeah, some people have a naturally high testosterone level, right. yeah. and when they get older, they don't feel right, Unless you bring their levels about to where they were at their optimum level, yes. But a but a bookworm, if you gave them that high to fifteen hundred, and they're used to eight hundred, they're going to feel whoa too aggressive. And contrary, the athlete who's at only eight hundred is going to feel awful. He's going to say, yeah. "Shit, I don't I don't feel like functioning. I don't want to fuck. I don't want to I don't want to work out. I have no drive." You yeah, know? this is something we've talked about a lot: is that how the levels is not an agreed upon level that's, that's uniform. There's, there's, this is what he's saying, which Dr. is right. Drew, you're totally right. And that and you know, you and I, where it's not even a debate, you get because I obviously have no business debating Drew on things like hormones, but it's 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 confusion because for Dr. Drew to try to explain to me how how legitimate scientists have no real understanding of what is ideal. You well, know, when not it comes even to, average and, and also for a given individual. The difference between epitestosterone, free testosterone, right? You know, your, your body's total testosterone. There's kind of, it's a very murky area when it comes to, certainly to testosterone. I don't know about other hormones. Well, there's albumin, there's mm -hmm. tightly bound and loosely bound. And, and so you're looking at a testosterone index, a free testosterone index. And, and that's a simple calculation. You can look on the web, plug in a few numbers from your albumin level, your total testosterone, your free testosterone, come up with a number. But, but you know, you've got to go by the patient. How do they feel? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, are, are they feeling good? You know, are, 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 are they in a place where they're getting quality sleep and, you know, they're mentally in a great state? Uh, you got to look at a lot when you're managing. And you don't just look at testosterone. You better manage adrenals first. You go and put androgens into a guy who's got poor adrenals, he's going to crash. Colds, flus, bronchitis, he's going to feel awful. You've got to fix the adrenals first. Look at the thyroid level. Look at the DHA. There's multiple hormones we look at. If you're going to do it right, that's how the Europeans do. We do 24 urine. And we check and elegantly match and, you know, bring people to where they want to be. So it is, it is, you have to be committed as a patient too. It's not just a matter of like, hey, I want to feel better. Let's do, let's do this. And you leave the office feeling better. It's, it really takes a commitment from the patient to really properly. Well, they, they should give back sincere feedback yeah. to the doctor and come back for follow-ups and, and appropriate lab work, blood, yeah. urine, saliva. We do all three because we want to make sure all the levels are working where they should be. Outside of supplementation, because yeah. I, I think there's three areas when it comes to your work, and, and which is widely respected when it comes to anti-aging. If you look at, at uh, Del DelgadoNaturals.com or uh, Google the Delgado Protocol, mm -hmm. um, you will see everyone from you know, physicians to high-level, elite-level athletes who have taken your work and, and really applied it and seen great, great results with it. Mm -hmm. um, when, there's, when you're talking about anti-aging and hormone optimization, there's really three areas why, uh, that, that attract people in there. Looking better. Yes physical performance you know as far as like in the in the gym or in the world and then physical performance in the bedroom Absolutely. i think those are the big three i right? call it bedroom mastery that's funny <laughs> and that's awesome what for yeah. for i would say probably more so for our female listeners 
what are the what are initially right now before we get into more unique and exotic things what can they do right now to look better and help their say their skin look better and and strengthen their hair and nails and things like that for women, I yeah. think you're going to start seeing a movement towards acknowledging that uh, testosterone has been overlooked and oh ignored. Oh, my God. So women. true. Dr. Drew just got a boner. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been singing that one for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, my wife's living proof of it. They put her on some bioidentical stuff. And she was pissed because she was like, holy shit, I've been feeling like this for 20 years. And she had fertility. This is how I could have felt. And yeah. this was been taken away from me, and somebody could have restored this. I, yeah. But your wife, you know, you know, not to get even more, not to get personal, but your wife even looks better. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like she, yeah. like she, she has, a, be- she has a glow yeah. about her now. That's you exactly know what I'm saying? Right. Like a sexiness to her. Yep, that's exactly. Um, right. and, and and why do you think that? Is that just like one of those things that like the layman rule in that? We just hear testosterone, and, and 50 years ago we said that's for men and not for women? That's, there's probably a male bias. I mean, yeah, back when uh, yeah. Mendelssohn wrote uh, a male practice, right? Yeah. He was talking about hysterectomy, and, oh, you don't really oh. need your ovaries, right? Oh, my God. And worse, they removed the ovaries, so you, you lost the source of production of progesterone and estrogen, but then they totally ignored replacing testosterone. I, I, I was around when they were doing the early research on testosterone replacement patches in women. I interviewed some of these women who reported exactly what my wife reported. Right, and and you would have you would have thought I, when I'm talking to peers, endocrinologists, they're like, "Oh, that's bullshit. That's just total bullshit." I mean, what, do you, what do you mean this bullshit? The ovaries pro, the ovaries produce the testosterone in women just the way it does in men. That's the primary source of libido. It goes to essentially zero. There's a little bit by the adrenals, but they aren't producing much. Right. And that's it. And the, what, Why is that such a reach for people? Yeah. Well, well, look up Dr. Edwin uh, Lee. He, he's an endocrinologist, you know, board certified. He's written a few good books, and he's very outspoken about the need for understanding bioidentical hormones, mm-hmm. declines, and aging. And he says his colleagues just are in the dark. They're just totally ignoring the is he, literature. Is he just for science. women or both men and women? Both, both men and women. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I listen, want testosterone. That's a, that's that's a great point, and and I I know you do, and I and that's why I want uh, um, to um, I want to segue into this in that, you know, Doctor Delgado mentioned something on a couple different podcasts that I've listened to him on, and I think you've mentioned it actually on your uh, on your website. Yeah. And that men men like Doctor Drew, who's without question, Doctor Drew's an alpha male. I mean, don't get don't get the bookworm thing. Twisted. No, the Dr. glasses Drew, could. Be I mean, misleading. yeah. I mean, no, and Dr. Drew's He's a, like a hulking man. I Dr. Can Drew's see a this. fiercely intelligent guy, but a lot of what a lot of people don't realize, Dr. Drew's very committed to like lifting weights and health and fitness, and he's a he's a big, strong, powerful dude. And when you are that guy, and you're looking at a six in the first letter of your um, a number in the front of your age, and instead of a, a four or a three or a two, I think the first thing people do is they want to think of artificial or exogenous testosterone therapy, but there are ways to manipulate yourself from inside and to, to have profound effect. Am I correct, Dr. Delgado? I mean, you're walking proof. I mean, you what you do and what you're capable of achieving, especially at the Arnold Classics, is, is fucking unbelievable. If you've ever picked up a weight to hear what... They had world records for the curl and press. Yeah. And Dr. Delgado, not only... It was for an hour. I think it was the time limit to, to, to get like 600-something. He doubled it in a half hour. He just Jesus. fucking crushed guys who are like younger than me and they are professional athletes. And you're doing that while using your own techniques to manipulate hormones and, and get the, so. I think that it, it's you. You can do other things before you go to the testosterone therapy. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely, and you should. Um, I mean, the first thing you should look at, surprisingly, is get to bed before the show starts, yeah. about eight or nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. sundown, sunrise. Yeah. I mean, the body 
produces the most amount of hormones, you know, fairly early in the cycle in deep REM sleep. So sleep is major. And, and I mean, there's all kinds of studies of nurses and so forth that are up late at night and, you know, they have a lot of hormone disruption. What were you saying about uh, uh, early onset of dementia that you'd noticed? Oh, I'd worried about that because yeah. I noticed that when I used to do a lot of nursing home rounds, the, all the demented males, they'd have pictures at their bedside of them as captains of industry, admirals in the Navy, these just super intense intense work surgeons where they didn't – the one common feature of all their jobs, they didn't sleep. Yeah. They just didn't sleep. I thought, oh, there's got to be a link here. Right, right. In the book Brain Fitness, they talked about dementia and multiple small strokes, and the vegan nurses had very low incidence of dementia. You look in the blue zones like Okinawa, dementia and Alzheimer's is almost non-existent. You look in cultures where they eat a lot, I mean, you know, Sweden and Denmark, where they eat a lot of meat and cheese and so forth. I mean, strokes, small strokes, Finland. I mean, these places, dementia is at a much higher rate. Uh, I've worked with patients with dementia in conjunction with a few MD friends of mine, and we've intervened with uh, bioidentical hormones, got them outdoors in the daylight for vitamin D, you know, worked them up on a sweet potato diet, got them off the, the, the meatballs they were eating. Yeah. And the, the staff said, oh, she's not going to eat a, you know, a, a sweet potato vegetarian diet. And I said, just, just give her a chance. I mean, she can't even know who you are. So right. What's give her the difference? Chance. Might as well. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she loved it. She was eating it. And by the end of a, a few months, uh, she went back to the shopkeeper. She could call them by name. She recognized them. She came out of the deepest coma. My own father, when he was turning 80, he was in a drug-induced, uh, you know, ty- type dementia. Right. I mean, he, you know, he, he couldn't tell jokes. He didn't recognize who I was. And we mm. transitioned him to a whole foods diet, you know, blended foods, uh, natural hormones and herbs. And, and then he was telling jokes and feeling great. But, you know, people people underestimate the power of intervention with herbs, supplements and exercise and diet and, and exercise life. in particular. I mean, it's, I, it's I don't the think core. people. Yeah, it's the core. So what, let's take a guy like Dr. Drew. I mean, if you're talking about an overweight, unhealthy male right. that's that's in his 50s, that's one thing. But if you're taking it, looking at Dr. Drew, who's already eating very well and practices a pretty consistent dietary discipline and also lifts heavy weights, what's the next step? I mean, what what really – obviously sleep and recovery, but uh, both Dr. Drew and I are we're fucked and, in that. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> we're screwed with sleep, but, but I do better than I used to. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't lift the kind of heavy weights I used to or like to lift because my joints just won't take it. Well, is that a misnomer that you have to deadlift – I, well, I, I, I mean, good news is I don't. But yeah, anyway, but because, should well, I? For Dr. Delgado, for instance, is a, is a strength endurance guy. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're yeah, proving yeah. proof that you don't necessarily have to do Yeah, it. I'm in the middle ground. I mean, you take a good strong guy and ask him to curl and press overhead 45 pounds 100 times, and I can do it under four minutes. And you watch a guy just start shaking yeah. after 30 lifts. And, you know, he starts realizing it's not only, you know, a lot of reps, it's it's heavy. Yeah. You know, it's heavy. And and I don't jerk it up like a kettlebell. Not to say that kettlebell's wrong. I love kettlebell. It's just not my sport. Mm. And, you know, we get under it, we curl it and press it overhead all the way over, 45 pounds. And I, you know, just right after the Arnold, I had done uh, 345 continuous lifts with 45 pound How dumbbells. long does that take you? Uh, it, I average about five minutes, five, six minutes per hundred lifts, depending on the, the weight. If it's okay. heavier, I go a little slower to protect. And the beauty of that lift is you're right in your core strength. You're not out here. It's a little risky when I'm doing curls. I have to get my body in a certain way, tuck my butt under like white girl's butt, yeah. and then bring my knees bent a little bit. So the weight is like right here, and I'm curling Are you here, doing both hands simultaneously? Well, yeah, with, with curl, when I broke the world record for curls, uh-huh. Stuart Burl had done 50, 550 curls in one hour. I'm thinking, that's sick. That's a yeah. lot of curls. Yeah. So I took a camera crew out. I had the, And that's 45-pound as well? 
uh, it was 50 pounds total. Oh. You're holding on to a oh, curl 20, bar. 25, a bar, bar. A bar, yeah, a bar. Yeah, but but bar. the record with the curls, so so it was 550 oh. in, a, in an hour. And so I had, uh, like I said, three judges and a, a film crew watching. And uh, Warren Strauss, a famous cardiology guy, had was in the audience watching me. And he, he was just blown away. He says, how in the hell is he doing it? 30 minutes in. I had already done 600 curls and broken the world record. Oh. By an hour, I did 1,038 curls. What What is your and average I, heart rate in a half hour of 600-something um, curls? I'm running about uh, approaching 195. Al Sears and I talked about it. We said <laughs> it's not uncommon for guys our age, 60 or so, to get up to 200 heart rate. And they said, you know, no. physiologically, it's not possible. Oh, no, no, oh, yeah, oh it can. is. You just have to train. And I also do something different, not continu- not interval training. I do continuous. Yeah. And I train my body through pyramiding. So I start off heavy when you're strongest and I do as many reps as I can and then as I get a little you know it gets heavy I get a little weak I drop set boom pyramid I use a lot of I use power blocks and I just drop set five pounds five pounds and I just keep curling 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 until I can just bust through it and go continuous for an hour and that lactic acid buildup that that type of deep endurance training that is also can it, it, it coordinates with your uh, high-complex you, carbohydrate diet. And- the diet, if you yeah. read uh, Eat and Run by Scott Jurek, he yeah. talks about a raw foods diet, how his inflammation dis- disappeared when he went vegan raw. He said you know, he, his endurance went up. I think that's part of it. But see, part of it is training. You see, yeah. people go, they, they start lifting and they get sore and they go, oh, I better take. And the old saying is train every third day. Mm. That was mistaken. Arthur Jones of Nautilus had said within three days your muscles start to atrophy. He didn't say skip and train every third day. And the Bulgarians train every day the same muscle group, sometimes twice a day and yeah. three times a day. Leo Lee Costa rocked the kind of the Western world when he went and visited Bulgaria and came back and wrote Big Beyond, Big Beyond Belief was like a huge thing in the 90s. And that was the big thing. Is like not, not only were they training every day, sometimes three, four times a day. And it just the volume was lower, but it was it was continuous training every single day. And it, the point was, I rarely get sore in my training now because I push my muscles so hard, so continuous that I don't even understand lactic acid. My body just throws it off. And, and <laughs> it, it, through the peruvic acid cycle, there's actually some science to it. it yeah. Your body re, re takes it in. Lactic acid becomes a fuel. Mm. You is know, that, is when that you why? Conditioned. Is that why when you do some type of continuous exercise, whatever it may be, running or kettlebell training, or whatever, t- continuous kind of endurance training, is that why you kind of start to feel a little bit better twenty, thirty minutes in, say, than you did at the beginning? I mean, the push-ups hurt a lot more in the first ten than some they do in the like one hundred and ten. Some of that's yeah. what happens to your yeah. brain. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, when I did two thousand lifts in one hour, continuous hammer curl pressing, you can just type in Nick Delgado work, world record no, on I YouTube. Saw it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, by forty minutes in, I'd broken the world record. And then for the naysayers, it says, "Oh, I could have done two twenty fives overhead." I said, "Okay." So then I pyramided up to forties in each hand. And the last uh, twenty minutes, I slammed on another ten thousand pounds. Oh. In the last uh, twenty minutes to exceed. The world record by 10,000 pounds. By, by the way, it was an unofficial Guinness because who knows what a curl press is. And right. Guinness sent me a letter that says, you can break a curl record, but we don't know what a curl press is. And yeah. Dragon Radovich had set it on Venice Beach, and I broke his record by 10,000 pounds. Okay. That was recorded on ABC. Dr. Dr. Drew still currently owns the cock push-up uh, wow, record. Wow, yeah, that's three, impressive. Three continuous cock push-ups. It's hard. It was difficult. Uh, with we with the wet a... towel, too? Yeah. You know, yes, how, many, no, yeah. how many pull-ups with the wet and, towel? And just, to, and just to impress people at the end, I spun around. Yeah. Oh. Jeez. Unfortunately, take a quick break. We are with uh, Dr. <laughs> Nick Delgado of the Delgado Protocol. We'll be right back here on the Mike and Drew Show. There's no doubt about it. Uh, vaping is the new thing. Vaping is daunting, though, because there's so many options. It's the paradox of choice. But we met these guys, the craft vapor guys. Good dudes, man. 
Well, I, I was particularly impressed by the CFO who got himself down to almost no nicotine from yeah. two packs a day, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was using their own products, and, and he used himself as kind of a lab rat. Uh, uh, well, he's one of these guys that started with young teens, and yeah. being on something may be his future. Listen, he's, he understands there may be some risk, but this is better than cigarettes. I, that's all you got to say, right, Dr. Drew? I, you I and think, I both. I believe. He is a layperson. You as a doctor. I don't know if it's good for you, but it's probably better than cigarettes. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything as bad as or as worse than, than cigarettes. Don't waste your time and money with trial and error with so many choices in vaping. Craft Vapery. They're good dudes. Let them be your guide. Go to craftvapery.com. Enter the promo code LOVELINE at checkout. You'll save 20% off in the shop and 40% off subscriptions from now through December 31st. So before 2014 ends, go to Craft Vapery, the only way to vape. Craft Vapery. That's craftvapery.com. Use the promo code LOVELINE at checkout. All right, we're back here with Dr. Nick You're Delgado. Fatty. And uh, yeah, let's let's get into that. What kind of got you on this quest to be in such peak physical condition? You're now almost 60 years old and you you look at In 3 amazing. weeks I'll be 60. Congratulations. <laughs> because honestly, you, you, and this is what I I really do appreciate about you and your work is that um Charles Paul Quinn, the famous Canadian strength coach, he always called these certain people in the health and fitness industry, they call them virgin sex therapists, where they, they give you all this advice, but you look at them and they're fat fucks. Right. You're, <laughs> you're 60 years old. You look amazing. You, mm-hmm. you are breaking strength records left yep. and right, and, and you, you have a clear vitality about you. So, um, but you weren't always that way. You, I mean, you, were, you no. were a guy in your early 20s who was kind of in poor health. Am I correct? Yeah, it, it was kind of devastating because I remember when I was 12 years old, uh, my, my mom had to take me to an oversized uh, Levi store to, to fit because I was so big. Dude. And I, you know, kids would tease me. I didn't think much of it. Then I had to make weigh-ins for Pop Warner. Mm-hmm. And I went from, I was, you know, only, whatever, you're 12 years old or so. I went from 145 down to 115 to make weigh-ins. Oh, my god! But that was very harsh. And ever since I starved myself, I made a commitment. I'll never go on a diet again. Yeah. Meaning I'll never, you know, avoid food <laughs> that my body needs. So I ballooned up. For, for, for high school, I wanted to play ball for college. And I got up to 200, over 200 pounds. And I'm only five foot eight. And uh, shortly after my high school year, I was playing in the Turkey Bowl on Thanksgiving, and I fell to the ground at halftime, and I had had a, a TIA, a, a stroke. Actually, it was against the Pasadena Cops, and we were playing, and I was Turkey Bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Drew I, and I are both Pasadena natives. So okay, I was I was with the Ralph Checkers, and we, you know, they had me as a, a linebacker. You know, nice. I was head sticking people. You know, but in the day I used to, I had a concussion or two playing football, you know, and yeah. you, you don't know how bad these things are yep. later. I mean, now, and no, no ill effect. Uh, Mike, look, look, no ill effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as, you, as you jerk your head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but see, then after, you know, recovering from that, I read a book by Nathan Pritikin, Pritikin called Live Longer Now. And I later met him at a conference in Pasadena again. And it was a fabulous six hour presentation. He answered amazing questions and it convinced me and I walked up at the end of the talk after everyone was in line to talk to him and I showed that same before after picture of me and I said following your program in your book I lost 50 pounds and kept it off you know and and I'd love to work with you and he invited me to the Pritikin Longevity Center and from there was history I I just was emerged in all the medical literature the research I went on to work with uh, Tony Robbins and the power of the mind I studied with all his you know his best teachers and uh, I just kept pursuing Knowledge and information. I, I wait. Wait. I got a question. Yes. Tell me about this stuff. The the Testavita. Well, I rub it on my body every day. You do. You know what? It's. A, I'm glad you brought that up because the other day I told you I'm rubbing this stuff on my taint, 
And you're like, why would you do that? No, I said, why the taint? I said, yeah, why perineum. It-, it says it on the bottle. <laughs> Rub it on your perineum. <laughs> Yeah, Why I, on my perineum, Dr. Dr. Delgado? Uh, it's better absorption in the perineum and the scrotum area. Um, I, I would go a step further. Uh, Jonathan Wright, MD, would tell you it's okay to use it transmucosal. Well, women can use it vaginally. Mm-hmm. Men, you got to put it in your anus. I don't mind. I don't mind. Just use that mucosa. Why not? Well, I don't know about swallowing it. It's, it well, it shitty. would go through the liver, bypass, uh, first pass through the liver if you swallow it. So actually, transanally, it's going to absorb at a higher rate, and you're going to get better levels of DHEA, pregnenolin, uh, a lot of good studies on the benefits of both hormones. And yep. uh, and there's herbs in there that help to modify harmful estrogens and herbs that help to improve natural testosterone levels. I definitely feel like it works, and I don't, I, I'm not saying that because here it may, it may be um, uh, psychosomatic, but I definitely feel like the, the Testra Vita certainly has increased, like— um, the the tightness in, in my upper chest area and my neck because that's where I rub it on and uh, mm-hmm. and it makes the skin feel good. And but why I gotta ask a kind of a geeky question. Wait 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 before you do. Yes. <laughs> How is it different than the test the uh, pills? Um, the pills and and we have a new pro version, but uh, the pills basically have uh, certain herbs that release free testosterone by helping to modify sex hormone binding globulin because it's the binding globulin that binds up all your free floating hormones. So that's one of it. it also, it has uh, herbs like tribulus that uh, help improve luteinizing right. hormone. In fact, if you go outdoors in the daylight or if you train in your backyard in your backyard naked so your balls get the sun, you get an increase in luteinizing hormone by sixty nine percent. Actually. Just being outdoors in the daylight. Didn't There's not to... enough sunlight to cover Dr. Drew's cock and yeah, balls. He, he's ball. got pretty damn big balls. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like gorilla-sized balls. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I am a big fan of the of the Estroblock and your Tester Vita cream. And I was wondering, you know, we're speaking about the cream. Why is it that all the guys I know that are like really geeky about you know like like health and fitness and looking looking amazing, like guys I know that are actual fitness models, they get the DHT cream and rub it on themselves. How come you can't do that in America? Like you got to go either get a doctor buddy to order it from Europe or go buy it there. What what is is the hang? We, we don't have it here. Well, they do. The but you got, not. It's not Andrew. It's the it's no no pure no. DHT He's talking cream. about pure DHT. Yeah. Years yeah. ago, I used it in Europe. They use it. Uh, you know, when the guys get gynecomastia and it gets right. rid of gynecomastia. Uh. You know, one step better. Andrew dial freaking amazing uh, but it you know what it does is it, it can't convert into estrogen see that's the problem yeah. with testosterone you take testosterone some of it turns into estrogen and it may not be the good form of estrogen yeah. so that's why we take estroblock so when it modifies it clears out the bad form of estrogen and men do have a ratio of good to bad estrogen just like women do it's a different ratio but it's uh, necessary men need a little bit of estrogen but they got to get rid of the bad unmetabolized estrogen we call it bad but no hormones bad but in too much it's, yeah. it's harmful to the body. I definitely felt the, the effects of aromatized estrogen, you know, during my time with steroid use. And I still, I don't have, like, the pronounced development of breasts, but I have, like, these hard, still these hard, like, rocks in my nipples, and, and I have sensitivity to it. Like, sometimes when I'm doing jujitsu or something, if a guy just presses on my, on my chest, it hurts. So I was like, man, I'm going to get this DHT cream because I don't need surgery. I'm not one of these guys that, like, I see at Gold's in Venice where they, like, have tits. D- does the DHT work? way down the line or is it only when you're under supplementation? Well, you can actually, I'm not sure of the question you're asking, but well, DHT. I'm, I'm, I can see what would work if you're taking a lot of androgenic anabolic steroid. Right. I don't understand how it could work on him 10 years later. I, I just see, I mean, I've seen uh, guys online and, and, and uh, I've uh, known dudes where they, they had breast tissue development. They were, they were clean. 
and they rubbed this stuff on it, and it worked. It like it actually did. They work. were clean years and years and years. It's well, they were, they told me they were. Right. I mean, well, well, they've used DHT for women with breast cancer. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and you, what you have to understand is DHT is not the enemy like we thought. It actually nourishes the prostate. In fact, if you read the book by Dr. Abraham Morgenthaler, and I've met him personally and I've attended his workshops, he'll tell you very directly. Even men with prostate cancer now, there's a large subgroup that he has them sign waivers, but he's putting them on testosterone therapy so long as he's managing their estrogen levels. Um, he has no reserve. He's saying they get the back quality of life. They're yeah. getting their erections back. They're having great sex instead of you know suppressing testosterone, giving them estrogen, and feminizing a man and losing the quality of life. He becomes a you know a, a woman when he didn't want to. Well, that's what Dr. Drew and I have talked about this in great length, and I this is something very near and dear to my heart, and it's only amplified you know triple fold to Dr. Drew because he's in recovery from surviving prostate cancer and, and this and the subsequent surgery. I believe, Doctor. I don't want to speak for you, but mm. Doctor Drew, your concerns a lot of times with supplemental testosterone or any type of any type of hormonal supplements is that you're going to cause more problems with your prostate, and that's a belief I think only in America. I mean, it seems like it from the, the research I've done online, and you never know, you know. It's it's that metastatic bone mets are highly testosterone responsive, mm-hmm. and I may already have bone mets, and they may not. And they, there's large dormant, long dormant phases. In uh, there can be a single cell sitting sitting in some osteoclast somewhere, oste, you know, osteophyte somewhere, and uh, they, it's unknown, you know, what, you know, what leads right. them out of that dormancy phase, uh, and it may be 20 years, and so there's every sort of anxiety about what what things may or may not contribute to that. And this is and, where uh, I'm sorry, and, to but they're them. all antigen receptor response. Well, 80 percent antigen response, and and the, and you. So the assumption is you know, blocking that antigen receptor responsiveness. And, you know, all the genetics is completely worked out. All the down, all the downstream biology is now known. Uh, and so they block all that downstream biology and they block the antigen receptor uh, expression. That's what's actually happening. They try to make it not get expressed so it's not even there to receive any of these hormones. Nip so the, the, so the fear is before it ever shows up, you're going to somehow pop it out of that dormancy phase. Exacerbate. And I may not have it. Yeah. I may not have it at okay, all. Okay, well, if Morgan Teller, who's Harvard-trained and, and peer-reviewed— no, In terms of localized prostate cancer, mm-hmm. it's absolutely true. And, and there's there's great debate about whether you should or shouldn't, but most people agree localized prostate cancer. But the, the problem is 2% of those already have METs. And so it's to protect those that two percent, which I'm probably not a part of. I'm ninety eight percent probably not going to be like. And and when he goes in and talks to those guys, he he could say, "Listen, it's only two percent risk that you have this thing. So I'm going to give you testosterone, and you're going to feel a hell of a lot better." A really worthy risk. And a lot of people are are saying it's it's something we shouldn't even concern ourselves with. But that two percent, you could go from inactive disease to active disease. That's, right, that, and, that's, I, and, that's and I think that that's the the dangerous valley that you uh, you want you, no one wants to cross. Well, I've I've thought about it. Yeah. I, I, if if that, if that guy Morgenthaler came to me and you know twisted my arm a little bit, it wouldn't take much. It yeah. wouldn't take much to because I you know I feel the I feel the absence. Oh, and okay. it's, it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and you know, I guess put it this way. If there was no other intervention that could prevent metatasis spread, which— No, you know, not prevent—it's not, it's not about preventing. It's about 
It's, it's already there. It's showing up and growing. Okay. It's already so, there. And, so and, have you looked it at the, lays dormant for decades. Right. Have you looked yeah. at the work by Dr. Dipmai Maharaj? Who, what they're doing is they're taking young 22-year-olds. They're uh, taking out the white blood cells, infusing them in donors when they match them. And they're finding these new, healthy 22-year-old white blood cells are searching out the metastasis. And Duke University has been you know, monitoring this. And we're seeing these these cancers, you know, just being eaten yes, up. Yes, there's a lot of, lot of immune therapy research for just the right free, now. It's just a Amazing. CBD is probably something worth looking at. I mean, the cannabinoid, I mean, there, there's a lot of good evidence that it's going to build up the immune system and maintaining high nitric oxide like you're doing now. I mean, I would be using massive, which I do, massive bowls of kale, Swiss chard, beets, arugula. I created a product called Stay, Stay Young that yeah. has very high concentrations of plant nitrates, and that converts into nitric oxide. Are, are, you, are you aware of this whole CBD controversy in terms of what's getting to this country and why and all the mess with the British product versus the American product? Yeah, and for, and for yeah. guys like me who are listening, CBD it, is CBD is a, is a cannabinoid that seems to be good. <laughs> seems yeah. to really have some health benefits, and in because people are so insane about cannabis and so judge so uh, moralizing about it, yeah. uh, e- even taking the, the 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 part of the cannabis like a constituent of the constituent cannabis. that makes you high, taking that away and giving you CBD, people are very uncomfortable with that. That's insane. And, and strangely, they're allowing. It seems like they're going to allow a CBD that still has the cannabis that makes you high, but they're not going to let the pure CBD in. It's very weird. Well, it's pure CBD is, is like 0.003%, 1-3%, I believe it is. And you can get about a, a kilogram of it for $60,000, purified uh, powder. And, and From England, right? This it, is the English product? Well, it's coming from Europe, and then yeah. a new supplier is coming out of Australia, and I have all the lines on it. So I'm coming out with a product here in, in January that's going to be freaking amazing. And I've been doing a lot of research on it, and I, I'm convinced. Uh, you, you know, I mean, the, the, the reality is the male plant, uh, the sativa male plant, produces primarily CBD. Uh, the bud part you just discard. So in nature, it does exist, where it's very little or no THC. So then, THC just, is what makes you high. Yeah, it's it's the part that makes you high. And then there's questions about THA and juicing the uh, marijuana plant. Uh, doesn't get you high either. I mean, you get a little bit euphoric because I've done it and and tested it out to you know figure out you know is it going to help my cancer patients, and you know I don't call them my patients by the way they're my clients you know we, we monitor them we sign waivers and you know they give them in consent and say hey this is up to you this is the research. It's it's a really cr- like crazy but it, like exciting world the idea of committing yourself to being healthier and feeling better. And I, I, I come at it from such a weird point of view in that I devoted myself to such high levels of, like, fitness and, and health from my, uh, from my naive view in my 20s and 30s. And I realized that I was devoting myself to things that were actually probably very unhealthy. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, certain types of What do you mean? Di- your steroids? Steroid use. Yeah. Certain types of diets. Certain types of stimulant use yeah. to stay lean. Uh, lifting weights in a fashion Did that— Did you care? At the time, no. It's, yeah. it's, see, that's my point is that at the time I thought I was doing something healthy. And now that I'm 35, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I actually train and eat in a way that I go, what is going to help me at 35? What's going to help me at 70? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually look at things like that. And, it's a, and it, it has become very helpful to my well-being now. And, you know, just the idea of longevity is, a, is an interesting thing. I have clients that are 84. I've worked with clients that are approaching 90. Some very famous names, if I were to say their name, you'd know immediately who I'm talking about. And Bill uh, Cosby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, actually, <laughs> um, uh, you know, so when, when I went to uh, Jack Lane's, uh, you know, celebration of his life. I mean, yeah. what was he? Ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. When he passed on. And when I met him, he was in his, I think ninety one. And, and and I'm not just saying this to kind of help the story along. So sharp and so healthy. His posture was great. Yeah. yeah. And and but he's cognitively he was so sharp and that you know that comes along with it. It's not just it's not just a physical thing. I mean, you know, he, he's he's my hero. I mean, yeah. the guy's awesome. I mean, he, he never ate things in packages. It was all whole food. He's big on juicing and blending. Hold on real quick. I hate to, I hate sure. to uh, interrupt you, Dr. Delgado, and our producer, executive producer of Love Line is here. She's, uh, she's a beautiful woman, but she's all way into creams and shit. And all. And she's admitted she said if she had dispensable income, she would get plastic surgery up the ass. <laughs> what? Uh, melatonin cream? I've been hearing a lot of that. But for wrinkles, is that is yeah. that a real deal? Yeah. Yeah, it, it will help. Wrinkle cream, the first thing that came to mind when I walked nope. in. They're not because you have wrinkles, but because you wow. go, you go to you get a lady boner over that shit. Whenever we bring up like la- face creams and stuff, you're like, she gets oh, a, let me play with myself. She gets a clitoral erection. Yeah, she does her lady oh, boner. Oh, and yeah. but uh, melatonin cream, you know, you hear a lot of reports yeah. about that. Is that a real deal? That that, that yeah. works. Yeah, it, it definitely can help. It, and it's the, what, one of the things that that will help the skin, the co- collagen to build up. Absolutely. See? Aren't you glad I brought that up, Ann? Where do mm-hmm. I get it? Um, there's a doctor out of the Midwest that uh, he, he goes to Brazil and, and he's, he's got a product line. I, I can turn you on to it. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. your Stay Young uh, spray and creams, is that good for, for someone like Ann? She wants to keep the, keep the, the face tight and the, the, the things tight? Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, some women will use like Testravita on their skin and they swear to me it's getting rid of their wrinkles. Uh, I mean, you know, you got DHA, pregnenolone thing. And then some will use, you know, with, with a prescription, but actually there's, there's a bias to available now and you can get it over the internet but it just can't have any claims about it yeah. a little bit rubbed in the skin men can actually use a little estriol It'll... what are you putting on your face because you look like you <laughs> honestly you look like you're my age you're 60 it's fucking crazy uh yeah you know i i i am um totally plant-based mostly raw food and i use the creams that that i've created mm-hmm. And um, I use a lot of herbs and supplements, adrenal DMG, live detox, makes you last longer in bed. There we go. Uh, I now mean, we're talking. We've, we've got some things that, that I can tell you about that bedroom mastery will make you blush. In fact, we have an offer for your listeners. They can watch four videos by Dr. Jennifer Landa that will give you very clear instructions of how to become a superstar to be the bedroom mastery king. Bedroommastery.com. Just go there and just pop in your name and email. We'll pop you out these uh, four videos. Immediately, bedroommastery.com. <laughs> I'm down with that. Well, what? you know, greater in sex, yeah. better looking, you know, more vitality. It's you got a quality of life. No one can promise you're going to live longer, Is but we can talk about quality of life, yeah, for sure. And for sure, and I have a, a, a serious question here. And uh, Dr. Drew, this is for you too. I like the way Ann suddenly stuck. Yeah, Ann, suddenly Ann's Ann's sitting in the room. Tell me more. <laughs> um, I also like how we're going to transition from talking to Dr. Delgado Eric. about uh, skin cream and yeah. lifting weights to Eric Andre about eating his own puke. Yes, um, and his own shit. Yeah. Uh, um, Dr. Delgado allegedly, and Dr. Drew. Evidence? No, no, he slurps up his own puke. Yeah. I watched it with my okay. own eyes. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's the man, Eric Andre, through the through the glass partition. Do you find in the United States, it's strange because I'm sure you get a lot of people who are very motivated, very willing to commit themselves a lot of money, effort to lift weights and look better and feel better. And then when they start to talk to you about the bedroom, they get squeamish. Like, is there still this weird thing like where you kind of have to be ashamed to admit that you want to fuck better? Mike, I've been to I've been to conferences with sex therapy experts 
and the room gets uncomfortable when somebody starts talking about sexuality. It's weird. It's bizarre. Listen, how, I understand. How up we I understand here. if you're sitting yeah. there with your 12 year old daughter. No, no, no. And you don't I'm want, telling you, I, people it? get giggly. I, I the uh, I was in a huge conference with a bunch of sex addiction treatment professionals, and they, we were talking about some pretty specific stuff, and they start getting giggly just talking. Why about Why is that? I, because people are. Uh, immature, Puritan, not, man. That we yeah, were born in a Puritan country. But, but okay, why, why in particular do I feel like, and this is speculation. You do this show. Yeah, I understand. And you're a sex addict. No, no, no. I understand why I'm above and uh, uh, different than the yeah. average when it comes to being unashamed to talk about it. But I also feel like in, in days of old, hmm. a guy like, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra or Elvis or Steve McQueen. Old school sex addicts. Right. Well, no, no. Yeah, old school. They may have been <laughs> sex addicts. But you know what? They didn't have John any, F. Kennedy. They didn't yeah, have any problem sure. talking about the fact that they wanted to rock people's worlds. They wanted to be alpha males. Yeah. And they wanted to fuck chicks. And they wanted to be awesome in the bedroom. It seems like it's like you have to be ashamed of that nowadays. If you're John Mayer or Adam Levine, you're one of these legendary coxmen in Hollywood. Like, it's now it's something negative. Why is that bad that I want to be... Awesome in the bedroom. You know, I, I don't understand. Is that uh, well, maleness is under attack in some respect, and some of it is because of way. the objectification of women. Yeah, you know, so. I have a solution for that. Yeah, come Valentine's Day, I'm going to be releasing a new book that I've been working on. I, I don't even want to tell you how long for nearly 20 years. I was going to write under a pseudonym because it was pre Viagra, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be you know typecasted about yeah. sexuality. But when I did a talk in Las Vegas for 1,200 doctors, and I had uh, Bob Delmontique, who was 84 years old at the time. There's a picture of him on the back of that, that uh, cover there. And I mean, look at him at age 84 there with his chest. I mean, just down at the bottom in the middle there. Damn. And, yeah. And and so, you know, he, he was really a sex connoisseur. I mean, he was the guy that fucked Marilyn Monroe. There I mean, let me tell you. I mean, come on. Right, yeah. the guy you yeah. you got it, and and you name the but, major chick, but he he did her. In but, fairness, I do believe everyone alive in 1958 <laughs> fucked Marilyn Monroe. If I'm if we, <laughs> man I, or woman, well, John F. Right, yeah, okay, awesome. as far as we know. Yeah. But but you know what what I learned was when I was on stage and Ava Cadell, uh, sexperts.com, right? Ava, she's yeah. she's pretty direct, yeah. right? And and she turns to me because we were doing an impromptu talk for for the doctors on sexuality. That talk got banned because the Midwest doctors got up. Set oh and they complained to the big organization. Said we don't want to be associated with this guy holding up a Hitachi vibrator and telling girls to get on all four and hold it underneath while you have sex with them, and then they come before you several times and then you lick their pussy. I mean, this is too much. Support sex with Emily. She'd right. She'd be run out of town. Right. I mean, but but that's insane. I mean, to me, it's, I know. you're Listen. not pandering to kids. I mean, but I got to tell you, children. the There's doctors a- roared with laughter. They yeah. took pictures. Uh, we, we had a, a tall blonde come up on stage and says, we're going to demonstrate sex positions. And I mean, every doctor raised their hand. And then when one little Asian doctor from the back was asked to come up with his tall blonde, it was it was hilarious. We had a blast. The doctors in the next door conference, true story. We were so loud. They let out their room to come in next door to hear our talk. I got to run to the bathroom before we start our show. Okay. Well, I honestly, I, Dr. Pleasure. Delgado, thank, thank you, so, you much, so much. And I, I encur- highly encourage every one of our listeners, whether you're interested in health and fitness, better sex, whatever it may be, please do go to DelgadoNaturals.com. That is your actual uh, home website. Uh, support this man. He is a living testament to his work. He looks great. He performs great. 
And uh, bedroommastery.com. There's a lot of stuff up there for you, the Mike and Dr. Drew listener. Dr. Delgado, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you got We got to have you back, too. There's just too much to talk about. I want to hear about the bonobo monkeys, you know, picking you as the alpha male I, in the jungle. And... I, I, I can just do it every night and every morning. <laughs> uh, doc, again, DelgadoNaturals.com. Thanks again, Dr. Delgado. And uh, I want to come back to your show. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Please aim for the face. Uh, <laughs> and assalamu alaikum, everybody. And good night. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program. When you're ready to buy a car, you got to go True Car because True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Everyday True Car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. Dr. Drew? First, download the True Car mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, second, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Yes. And third, third it's simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states with True Car. You can save time, save money, and never, ever overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the TrueCar mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.